Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying something new today, guys. Welcome back to the Storm Sports Podcast. I am your host, Braden. 22 is still up north today, guys. And I am joined by the pineapple who has moved up from Texas and he is now up north, Alan Pena. Alan, after recording a somber episode, how are you doing today? Well, I think it's going to be better. Um, it's great. And I've been doing good, like always. Like just taking it one step at a time. And and really now with the cold coming in again, we had some snow. But hey, I survived. I'm here. And, and hopefully my winter driving skills become better. Hopefully. But we'll see. But I do want to say that it's all good. And just hanging in there like always. Good to hear it, man. Good to hear it. I finished working out before we started our recording session today. You can kind of tell my hair is all wonky. Uh, I've made it look better since. <laughs> anyway, it's a bad hair day for your 22, pal. And uh, guys, we, we're going to have a fun discussion. And we're going to start talking about some of our favorite NBA stars who are not from the States whether they'll be from Canada, Latin America, Africa, Australia, somewhere on the Asian continent, Europe. We're going to have some fun today, and things might get a little heated. So let's go, Alan. Let, let's, I say we do top five, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. What do you think on that? I'm down for that. That's, that's not a bad way to start top five. That's, that's no problem at all. All right, Alan, why don't you go first? Who's number one? Number one, Giannis. Or actually, let's go from five down. Let's go five down. Let's five make this. Down. Let's build up to our favorite here. Okay, good. At number five, he. I love Joe Engels from, from the Jazz. Like, he's from Australia. Wow. But what I like about him, though, is, is, like, he just, he's a fearless guy. Like, he... Like you see him with the Jazz, like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He'll guard. He'll guard whoever he needs to guard. And how he shoots the ball is that cute. But also, his leadership is what impresses me the most. And that's why how he leads, how he galvanizes the guys, it it's what makes the Jazz now. Hey, we're up there, like competitive and. And how he does care about the team, and even like how he and I've had friends. There are jazz fans, and they say how Joe Ingles he just fits Salt Lake City perfectly, like laid back, like nothing, like he just is himself, and that's all you can ask of a player. And and when you see how Joe performs, I just I just love that I. I, I would have a Joe Engels on my team, someone who could shoot the ball for me, but also, hey, if we need someone to be rough on the edges, he's one of those guys I would like to have, someone who could rough up the best one, the best player on the opposing team. Yeah, and I agree with that. Joe Engels, he's a good player, good shooter. Um, as a Denver fan, I can't compliment the Jazz too much. You know, that's like Avs complimenting the Red Wings. Um, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Alan, that for you is complimenting uh, the Lakers team right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. But... 
you know, rivalries stay run deep, guys. I know. <laughs> but he is a good player. He does great things on the court. He's passionate. He works hard. He scores. What more could you want from a player like Joe Ingles? Now, I think part of this is, do you know where Joe Ingles is from? Well, Australia. Australia, obviously. Right. So what I'm thinking here is we say the player, where they're from, and then we go in. And so I think, you know, having Australian players in the and then we can discuss, you know, having Australian players in the league, I think, is important. And we see how it's changing the game for the better. And it's providing more competition and providing that passion that we need in the game. And clearly it's making things better. What do you think? Oh, yeah, it truly is. And that's why um, now finally to see like Joe Engels, along with Patty Mills and Matisse Thibault, lead Australia to the bronze in the Olymp- in the Summer Olympics, which for years Australia has had good teams that could have medaled, but they never could have get it done. But now having Australia winning bronze in the Olympics, like it shows how much Australia has had a passion for basketball and has developed great NBA players. And, and now that they're on the international stage winning it, it, it just shows how much Australia is going to grow, not just from the men's side, but also the women's side as well. So uh, Australia's imprint in basketball is very important. No, I, I, I definitely would agree with that. And I think the best part about the NBA is now we, we're seeing all sorts of players from around the world come in and we're seeing these players thrive and perform on levels that are just important. Sorry, guys, there's a train running by my apartment. Um, but I think that's the best part about this. And I think seeing these players thrive in the best league in the world is what makes it really good. And Joe Ingles, he's one of those players. Now, number five for me is I'm going, I'm thinking I'm going to have to go with Luka Doncic. He's from Slovenia and he plays on Dallas. Yeah. Five. 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 You can't handle the truth. Five. Why? Why five? Well, why not five? Why five? I think he's still young in the league. He's still got a lot to prove. He's a great scorer. But for me, I think you need to see him take charge of that team more than he has. I think for me, what makes a great player is when you're the top player on your team, can you lead that team without things falling apart. Can you be the most valuable player to your team where they struggle when you're not playing or you're injured or anything? And for me, yes, Dallas wins games with Luca, but are they winning games because of him? Well, they I do just win. That, look, I was in Dallas a year ago, Braden. Right. He was, he did, look, they won because of him. But the problem okay. is, is just that, hey, when like when when he has to hey i'm doing all this work guys help me it does not happen so but i'll i'll tell you where luca luca lands with me so just hang on tight with me on that okay <laughs> but, man but, i mean i mean no disrespect to the mavericks fans or luca fans in general but he's a great scorer and he does all these great things 
But for me, all he is is a scorer. And but the guy can distribute. Well, right. The guy. But, but why do we watch Luca? It's not for his distributing. It's for his scoring. Yeah, like, I, I know that. Yes, he's one, He's up there with Steph Curry as some of the best, one of the best scorers in our generation. Exactly. I will give him that, and I'll give you that too. And he, they win games because of his scoring abilities. But how's? I want to know. Other than that, how's the team rallying around him? Because right now that team's not rallying around him. And is it something that he's not doing, or is it just the team in general? I don't know. I don't follow, follow but, Dallas. But then all also, that this they just got a new coach and a new system, so they're trying to implement that. No, I don't so get them. That. I, will, I will. I will hold off. Luca at five, but hey, that that's on you. But still, I'm like, Luca at five. I don't know, but okay. I mean, uh, to be fair. It's a fair comment and fair reasoning. And I think he's in that top five, regardless, when we talk our favorite international players. But for me, right now, he's at five just because, yes, he's struggling with new systems, new coaching. Maybe he's not responding to it, whatever. But that regardless, he's just, in my opinion, you, you, every team needs a great scorer. And Dallas has found that in Luka. And yes, he can distribute, but he clearly is a major scorer, and that's what his role is on Dallas. It's not necessarily to distribute. It's give him the ball, he'll score. It's that simple. <laughs> you know? So, and that's just what my, I feel. I mean, I haven't watched Dallas a whole lot. You know, I've been following, I've been listening and reading. I haven't necessarily watched a full Dallas game yet, mostly because I haven't had an opportunity. So, this might need, this might change as I watch more games, but from what I've seen, from what I've heard, all he is for right now, in my opinion, is a scorer. I think he needs he has more to his game. I think we saw it in the Olympics. He was not only a scorer, but an but a distributor. He took Slovenia as far as they could go. I don't know if they made the top three, but I know they Four. made. They 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 were they were fourth place. Right. So they played they played for the bronze, and so. They, he, that team rallied or was really good, and a large part of it was because of Luca. Now, and his passion for the game, man, it's awesome, and that's what I love. And oh, yeah, I think definitely. that's the best part. And I think you'll find a lot of these players. We say we're going to go back to one thing: the passion about the game is what is awesome. The enthusiasm they play with is great, but for me right now, he's just he's number five. Man. I was about to explode. <laughs> hearing that. I kind of did, but not you did, man. But five, I don't know. I don't know if five is. So where would you have them in in a pair on the top five? Three, three. Yes, three. I would have him at what? three. No joke. Okay. Three. I mean, he's a great player. And I will admit that I just think there might be some better players out there right now. Well, that's why there's other there's two other players that I will I will mention. Well, actually, never mind. I don't have them at three. I actually have them at four. All right. Well, if you have them at four, let's go right into number four. I have them at four, Luca. And and look, as I mentioned to you, I lived in an hour from Dallas a year ago. We got to see two great two Maverick games. 
Uh, and funny enough, they were both against the LA teams. And you don't you did not expect that, but still. And look, he did great in both both of them. And but yeah, like one thing you mentioned is like like we were there for game six of of the of the of the first round. One went away from closing that and and who knows? My wife and I would have been like, you know what? Let's go to Salt Lake City and and see how well Luca will do in Utah now that he finally gets to the next round. But and I think something we we noticed was that when it mattered, when it's like close out, like hey guys, we're not we're not going back to LA. We're packing to Utah. It was just the killer mentality. And until he and I'm not saying he doesn't bring it because he does, but when you have a lead like that, you got to close it, and that's why I have him at four. I love watching Luca. He is someone that could like hit the dagger big time, no joke. And the thing, and he's not afraid of the spotlight. He is not. Like imagine, like he and plus how he came to the league, he was in the biggest with with the best basketball club in Europe, Real Madrid. And uh-huh. at 17, and he dominated. I saw a lot of those games in Europe and on TV. And I was like, if he I was like, okay, let's see if he can do that in the NBA. And that's when I noticed, hey, when you when you can play for a big club like Real Madrid, you can do that anywhere. So but I have him at four. Can he get up to the top? Uh, he's got time for that. Uh, but to me, he's at number four. I would agree with that. You know, that's one spot above five, you know, like yeah. not a whole lot of difference there. But like, yeah. I think we we had the same reasoning. We just have them in different spots. And that's yeah. all right. We're going to see a lot of that on this list. Okay. And I think for me, number four is going to be Rudy Gobert. Now, I've already um, talked about how hard it is for me to compliment jazz fans or not jazz fans, jazz, jazz players. But the reason I say Gobert is I don't think the Jazz are what they are or where they are without Gobert. I will say that. Yeah, I, I will agree with Gobert that. Gobert yes. makes the Jazz the Jazz, just like Jokic makes the Nuggets the Nuggets. And I think, you know, and we saw it. He took Rudy Gobert, led that French national team to the silver medal in, or in the Summer Olympics this past year. And a large part of that was because of Rudy Gobert. And I think that's what makes him so great is he compl- he we see, I see it all the time when he plays the Nuggets. He amplifies his game when he needs to. And he the systems are in place are because of him. And I think that's the the coolest part. Well, I he's great, Rudy Gobert. And what he does for the Jazz is unbelievable. He's a building block for the Jazz, but he's not even in my top five. Not at all. No, he's not. I'm sorry, but he's not. You could say to me top seven, top eight, I'll take that. I'll put him there, but top five, no way. I know what he did with France. It's wonderful. I, I even I even thought France was gonna win that game. You thought too you thought so too. Probably even half this nation thought France was gonna win. Probably. I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong at that, but a lot of people thought France was gonna win that game. But He's a great player, all defensive, all defensive. But to me, 
He's not to me. He's not a top five to me. And I think that's what the best part about this discussion is we get to see different viewpoints. And yeah. for me, I say that it, it is because when you look at a team and you see the whole way a team is built is because of one player. And that's what makes that player top five, in my opinion, is the way the team functions is not the same without Rudy Gobert as it is when Gobert is in. And Gobert can do it all. The only thing he can't do is guard Nikola Jokic. <laughs> well, and and yeah, the guy offensively, he's only limited to like all he could do is like give him the ball and he could dunk near or like uh, once in a while a little hook. But he's not someone that's gonna be like, hey, give me the ball down low, like my number three and two. I'll talk to, about in a bit. He's not that guy. Like, hey, give me the ball down low, and I'm gonna dominate this guy, like. Right, and I'll give you that, but I think the way he plays defense, the way he knows when and how to score when it ne he needs to is what makes him great. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. He He's one of those defensive player of the year candidates almost every year, right? Oh, yeah, like, he is. No wrong. It's because of how wrong. great of a defender he I'm, is. I'm not, but he, but like, he's just the rim, like, yeah, rim protectors are important, and he is, but there are just times where now, like, you look at Rudy Gobert, it's like, yeah, he's a great blocker and all, but guess what? I'm going to go at him. And and I don't know. I don't know. I, like, look, I love Rudy, like, what he does for the Jazz, but he's not in my top five. Top seven, I would put him at seven. Yeah, I I'll give you that. Like, and I just think you can't have a great offense without a great defense. Mm -hmm. And the Jazz clearly are great defensively. And I think the reason why you might have them in seven or eight is because the Jazz can't do it in the playoffs for whatever reason. And and that's fair criticism. But I think they'll figure it out. We might see them go a bit further this year than we've ever seen them go. And I think in large part, that's going to be because of Rudy Gobert, oh, his experience we'll at the Olympics, and how he knows and how he can lead that team. And I think that's going to be the reason. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah. Alan, let's move on to number three. Joker. You can't handle the truth. Joker, <laughs> Joker's number three for me. Like, uh, like I, I mean, I'll give you that. He's someone that could, and I still have that opinion that he should have not been MVP, but that's a whole other topic to talk about. I know I saw your face. You know I said that, that he should not have not been MVP, but We'll talk about that another time. But look, Joker to me, like the point center now, like centers, not just around the U.S., but around the world, they look at Joker, they're like, oh, I can do that as a big man? Okay. Like his passing, his efficiency in scoring is unbelievable. I, What he does with the Nuggets is – Wow, like I have no words about that, and and really him, like pretty much, if Arvidas Sabonis would have not had the injury he had at the like that that ended his that almost ended his career with his two knees, how Jokic plays, that's how Arvidas Sabonis would have played, and and who knows what would have happened, but Joker to me, he's number three. I love how he plays and how he he 
he brings it every time. And but to me, he's number three. Number three, not afraid of anything, not afraid to tangle with anybody at all. It's kind of like Joe Engels a little bit. Kind of. He will he'll tangle with anybody and 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 if you're trying to mess with him, oh he he's not he's, he's not someone who you could just punk just punk. He will come at you. Just ask the Morris brothers in Miami how that turned out for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like I don't agree with where you placed him, but I do see your reasoning. And but man, like we'll have to get into that debate in another episode. But for me, you and I define MVP much differently. And apparently because for me the way the team denver plays when Jokic is not on the floor it's a completely different team i know and, that yes and they're they almost always lose when joker is not on the floor so for me that means he's the most valuable player at least to the nuggets if not to the league i mean mm-hmm. the dude scores a triple double almost every night he plays yes <laughs> and you might be a little salty as a celtics fan but man he's like the reincarnation of larry bird like okay, if a Boston if a Boston broadcaster for the Celtics says it, you gotta be okay with that. Because that's where I've got that. Like he's the reincarnation of Larry Bird. And that is, you know, for me, that's a big deal. This man, okay. this guy, dude, okay. he's so good. <laughs> oh, he is, he is. He can see things on the court before. He, before it happens and the passes he makes the scores he makes you know Jokic he knows when to score but he would rather give it to someone else to make sure they they have their night and for me that's a true superstar is look I'll be here when you need me to be here I'll win us the game we saw it in New Orleans just the other night but I also want to make sure you have your moment and I think that's what a superstar needs to be yeah that's true Whereas for me, Alan, oh boy, see, this is where uh, watching a lot of hockey this season has not helped my uh, knowledge of the NBA this year. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go with a, a random name and let, we'll just discuss it. <laughs> um, actually, honestly, I think for me, number three is going to be Joel Embiid. With that face, I feel like you either have him higher or way lower. But for me, I think okay, the best I'm part about like last that. I think the best part about last season was the three front runners for MVP were all except for LeBron were all international. They weren't from the States. I think even LeBron was not mentioned as a finalist. It was Steph Curry. Yeah, it was. But we all know LeBron when if LeBron was healthy, he would have been in the top three. And he might have won it, but the season he had last year, it's ridiculous. But that being said, two of the finalists were not from the States. And I think that's the best part. Joel Embiid is a great player. You know, he can score, he can distribute, he can do. I don't know about his defense. Oh, his defense, he, he, he brings it. He brings it. So he's, I think he's, a, in baseball, we call that a five-tool player. And for basketball, I think that'd be the five-tool player. And I think that's what makes him so good. And he's a great player. I think I question his leadership at times. 
after seeing what happened during the playoffs with the the whole Ben Simmons situation, Alan, you and I have discussed that in depth a lot. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I question that part of his, the leadership style, but you got to recognize he's a great player and he's having a great season this year. Now he was out for injury recently. I don't know if he's back yet, but he is having a great season. Well, he was out for COVID. Okay. So he was out for, for COVID, but he's having a great season and that just shows how good of a player he is, in my opinion. Yeah. Very, very All right, who you got at number two? <laughs> you just mentioned him. Oh, you got Joel at two. Yes. Like, he was my pick <sighs> for MVP, and he should have won it. But, but look, the whole – like, now we're seeing Joel as a leader. He did. Like, what the whole Ben Simmons situation, he said, you know what, I'm not going to worry about him. I'm going to worry about the team. And he's now playing like a true big man. And I give a lot of credit to Doc Rivers for that. Like, hey, you dominate the paint. And he does. Like, that's why every time, like, and I, being a Celtic fan, facing Joel Embiid and the Sixers were like, okay, we got we to gotta make him work. And there's times where we make it look easy for him. He dominates. He dominates. Like, it's like watching Akeem Olajuwon out there, pretty much, like, but with power. And and also, he gets the crowd going. Like, that's one thing, like, he galvanizes the city very, very well that I'm like, man, like, that. that's why when you play in Philly, it's, it's one of the toughest places to play because when you have a player like Joel Embiid who can galvanize the crowd, well, good luck because – he, that's what drives him, and and really, I just love the way how he plays, like Joel Embiid, and and I know some of you are gonna say, but he's been injured a lot. But here's the deal: when when he doesn't play, you see a different Sixers team, and it happens to every superstar. Every when you don't have your guy, it's a little bit different. But with Joel, it's like they don't have a low post option, like hey, get us get us points, like. The only probably guy that can do that is Tobias Harris, but at some point you're gonna need low post scoring, and Joel can do that. Like his defensive presence, like he brings it. He he'll guard whoever needs to be guarded. He will, and that's why Joel to me is number two. I mean, I'll give you that, but if the the Seventy Sixers were missing as many players as the Nuggets last year. I don't think the Sixers would have made it much further in the in the playoffs than they did. It would have been either way, both ways. Like, and that's a possibility. But for me, that's what elevates Joker above Embiid. The only reason they won that first round playoffs was because of Nikola Jokic. It had nothing to do with the team around him. It was all Nikola Jokic, which for me shows why he was last year's MVP. I don't know if I could say the same about Joel Embiid last year. Uh, but but Embiid, look, he had he was. No, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying I don't know if under the same circumstances, Embiid could have put the team on his back like Jokic oh, did. Oh, he would. He would. Like he would absolutely. And the times that he did not, and look, and every time that he has not played, like it, it's different. Like they're they're not a very good team. 
And so that's why what Joel does is, is like you can build around that. Absolutely, you can. And you can build around Joker as well. But Embiid, like he, man, like he just, you can see the effect that he has in Philly, like especially with the crowd as well. Like he loves that. And no, I agree. I think he's a perfect fit for a Philadelphia superstar. And I think that's what makes him so good. And I think that's why he's in that top three conversation. I just don't know if I would have him above Jokic or for that matter, Giannis. And so for that, that's why I had him at three. He's not above, to me, he's not above Giannis. That's why Embiid or Cameroon is number two. And I will give you that. I just don't know if I would have him above Jokic and Gian or Jokic is what I'm trying to say. Because for me, okay. number okay. two, and I'm letting fandom color this a little bit. If I'm being objective, yes, Giannis is number one. But for me, it's going to go Giannis and Jokic. And yes, I admit fandom is playing a role. But honestly, guys, we look at last season, Giannis took Milwaukee to the NBA Finals and won it solely because of who he is as a player. And he was finals MVP, and he did such great work in the playoffs that they made the finals because of him. And then once there, the team was like, okay, let's help him out. And they helped him out. And so objectively, yes, he's number one. Jokic is two, in my opinion. But fandom-wise, I'm letting that kind of rank the last two. I mean, come on, Alan. You would do the same. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Really, I wouldn't. No? No. Giannis, to me, is number one. N- number okay. one, really, you mentioned that Giannis finally, he finally led led the Bucks to a championship, Finals MVP, and this happened the season in the off season that he signed the extension, where everybody was like, "Oh, he's gonna go to Miami or LA with the Lakers." No, he's like, "I'm staying in Milwaukee," and that to me, in that preview that we made. And I, one thing I forgot to mention about this was like he basically opened the floodgates for international players and to those franchises to say, you know what, we can trust a player from from Greece or from uh, Australia or from Spain, Argentina, Brazil. You have the talent and you've been working hard and all, and you've also been a great character and leader. Here's your extension. That's the reward. Now go continue to bring us a championship. He opened that. And I know Dirk has done that and all, but Giannis just took it to a whole new level and won a championship over the Suns who, like, they also made it, but it was, like, a little bit sentimental for me because, like, I'm from Arizona, and it's like, uh, I want to see the local team win, but also, like, hey, like, to Giannis to win, it'll be great. And, and it's great internationally as well. So that's why Giannis is number one. And and I think he's got more championships to win in Milwaukee. They're not done yet at all. They're I don't think so either. I think this just opened the door for them to go and win more. And, you know, objectively, yes, he's at two but and, or at one. And, I mean, and letting my fandom color this a little bit. And that's, I, f- I feel like that's okay. It might not be for other people, and that's fine. But when I look at it objectively, he is that number one international superstar. And Jokic for me is that too, objectively. But, 
And this is why right now, if I could, I would have them tied at first. And you know what? I think that's how I'm going to end it. They're tied at number one for me. Because the only difference is Jokic is now the reigning MVP of the league. You can't dispute that. And the season he had last year, if that team was still good, we might have seen Giannis and, or healthy. We could have seen Giannis and and Jokic in the NBA play in the NBA finals last year. And that would have been a great finals to watch. Not going to lie. <laughs> I still think Milwaukee would have won it. But man, would it have, that would have been fun to watch. But, it would have. It would have. But and for me, I think they're tied at one. I don't even think they're I can say either one is two. And I think because of the, the style they play is so good. Giannis, he's hardworking. He, he scores. He's great distributing. Some of the stuff he does, you just sit there in awe. And I think that's what a number one superstar nationally or internationally is all about. Now, the same is said of Jokic. He might not have the pizzazz of scoring like Giannis or Embiid or Luca or any of the other players we talked about, Alan. Mm-hmm. But some of the passes this guy makes and the way he spreads the floor is ingenious. It's I've never seen anything like this before. I know you're kind of rolling your eyes at me here, but like I still I've never seen this before. And, you know, it, it's just amazing. And we've seen him. He's the reason why the Nuggets are where they are right now is because of Nikola Jokic. We're without Michael Porter Jr., without Jamal Murray, who arguably is six, if we were going to put him on, the, if I were to put him on this list, he's in the top six. Uh, but, I wouldn't argue with that, but I wouldn't argue with that, but okay, yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. But, but this was such a great debate, really, a great topic, because like, it, it, it could go either way, but I'm, I'm settled with who I have in my top five. And if people don't like it, then, then deal with it. <laughs> deal with it, you know? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hang on. You can't handle the truth. Man, you can't well, guys, you've heard me play that button a lot this uh, episode, and it's because it's brand new to our soundboard, and I'm just having fun with it. But honestly, Alan, I think... Our list is great. Your list is real good. Great players on it. I would say, and we had a lot of the same players, that being all that being said. And I honestly think it's a tie for first with Jonathan Jokic. And it's part of it is fandom, but we also got to recognize he is the reigning MVP. He earned that. And that needs to be recognized more than I think it is. (laughs) And. And so I think he's tied with Giannis right now for number one. I mean, the somber shuffle, man, when that starts going on in the game, you know your team is screwed. (laughs) Like, we saw it just the other night. The only reason the Nuggets won that in overtime, it should not have gone in overtime. That's ridiculous. But the only reason they did win it was because Jokic was just like, whatever, I'm done playing. We're going to end it. And he ended that game. Mm -hmm. Giannis has that capability, and he does it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think I'm going to hit the button. Let's just start ending it, Alan. We've had great debates today. We're going to release this list as part of the promo for this episode. Make sure you tune in, guys. We love you. Yeah. We love having you here with us. You guys are like family. 
And uh, guys, just just remember, you can find always find us. And where can they find us? As I mentioned before, you can find us on on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever whatever device you listen to. And if you have missed the several episodes, go right ahead and watch them. They're right there at the comfort of whatever setting you're at. We're always there for you. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. We, we're there as Pineapple22Media. Or also, if you want to say hi or have questions or, or something you do not agree with, feel free to message us. Feel free to email us at Pineapple22Media at gmail.com. Gonna say it better myself. And guys, have fun out there. Stay safe. Play nice. Treat others with kindness, with love, compassion. And just remember, there is much more going on in the world than sports. But if you need that distraction with just some sports talk and some fun debate between our favorite top five international players, so be it. And uh, guys... We hope you have a great day. We got about another minute Alan, of this song. I probably played it too uh, too late. <laughs> but uh, you know what, guys? Next episode, we're going to have some fun. Alan, what is our next episode? Well, um, we're, we will have a Champions League review uh, talking about what has happened. And also, uh, we will have a preview as, as we are not a preview, but more like what we're looking forward to as we're one year away. We're actually a couple months away from the World Cup and Cutter to start. So we're going to look forward to that and the impact that the World Cup will have in the Middle East. Going to say it bad myself. Here we go. Here we go.